available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I am Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the aforementioned 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the podcast of champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. Get a little laugh out of me. Dave, now I got an audience. I got an audience in the studio. So now your 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 antics at the beginning of the show screw me up even a little bit more. Yeah, I think they oh, and they're probably annoying two people now instead of just one. <laughs> well, and the dozens of listeners or a dozen listeners or <laughs> do, whatever. Do, yeah. Dozen. I think we're up to scores now. Scores. Yeah. Uh, scores, I just want to introduce listeners. everyone. Um, we mentioned maybe having an intern come into the office and help us with some of the questions. I took some Twitter beef. Someone said I read like a sixth grader trying to read Ulysses on Twitter. I'm like, all right, well, you guys. No, try no, this no, stuff. no, 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 no. That was not what was said. It was not a sixth grader. It was a six-year-old. Oh, six-year-old. Yeah, no, it was much worse. Credit. Much worse. Yes, there are some smart sixth graders, but uh, yeah, not I, I too used many to be smart, smart back in the day, you know. Uh, but anyway, we have, and and she's also an athlete, so that helps too. Uh, Brianna Bernard Joseph. Uh, she's a track star over at USC, 400 meter hurdles, which would probably kill both David and I if we tried to do that. Uh, Bree, thanks for uh, coming in. Thank you for having me. Hello, guys, and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, nice. So she's trying to get into uh, sports media herself. So we, you know, we wanted to uh, give her a little love here on the podcast, and she's helped us out with our Tunnel Vision show over at USC. So we're going to hopefully see some more of uh, uh, well, the BBJ. Brie, yes. or B- I was calling her Brie, but BBJ, I mean, you like that better? My coaches call me BBJ. Some people, commentators call me BBJ. Sometimes it's easier because my name's kind of long, but it's whatever you like. Okay. <laughs> um, real quick. So 400 meter hurt, like how long does it take to, like, what's your best race time? My for- best race time was a 59, but I've only run it four times. Okay. So, I mean, I started in college because in high school I used to run 300 hurdles. Okay. So, I mean, a good time is like 55. 55, but, yeah. but you've done like 59. Yes, but my open 400 time is 54. 54, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's not that much slower with no, not at hurdle. All. No, not at all. You guys just, just like cruise over those things. Hurdles, yeah. Hurdles are definitely different. <laughs> yeah, I, I think know. I would I think I would knock over the second hurdle. I think I'd, I might be able to jump over the first one, but like <laughs> that would be like carefully timing it like perfectly. I think the second one I'd be I'd be done. What about That's... you, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I probably would go, I might get over them, but I would go much, much slower, like trying not to knock them over. But I guess like maybe, so basically David's the one that just shoots out and then falls after a while. And then Ryan's (laughs) the one that comes out very slow and just slow and steady wins the race. Ryan might like put his hands down, like he's jumping over a wall, (laughs) like hands on the top of the hurdle and then just try to lift one leg over. Could do that. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Because my first year at state, when I was in high school, I definitely fell the first hurdle at the state meet. Oh, the man. very first one crash collided. But can you you can like run through them and sort of like clip them and knock them over and oh, not yes. really affect. I've done that. I've definitely ran clipped. I've ran and broken one. 
And, oh. Uh, yeah, I got yelled at at practice too for that. You like shacked it, shacked the yeah, hurdle. I nice. got in a lot of trouble too. <laughs> oh yeah, because I'm sure in high school, like that's like. No, no, expensive. it was in college. Oh. It was in college, and I broke. I, they could afford new hurdles. Jeez, that's know. what I said. No, I'm kidding. I mean, it's a high school team. It's like, yeah, we've had these hurdles for 30 years, but yeah. you know, now we gotta like get a fundraiser to get another one. But in mm-hmm. college, like you should have plenty of those things. That's what I said. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, Bree, for coming in, and we'll have her uh, help us out with some of the questions since I'm apparently a six-year-old uh, reading these. <laughs> not that I think I did better than you last week, David. I mean, it's not I always easy. I haven't. Um, I haven't been reading my best. I'll say that <laughs> of late. Um, you know, it's it's something that ebbs and flows. Your ability to just read simple words, and I'm I think at a low point. That's and just that's the reality you, of it. You had the more liberal arts degree. I was the scientist guy. So like, you know, you should, this should be your, you know, this is your wheelhouse. But well, now, are... so I had, I have like good, like USC shade lines to throw at you, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to do that with a current student who's still got a bright future <laughs> ahead of her. <laughs> I'm not going to do that to her. She doesn't deserve that. I like that. I had some good hooked on phonics shade. I was going to say, you know. Well, you're an engineer, so you didn't. Yeah, but I deleted it because I was like the guy who originally tweeted it. He deleted it. And I don't want to have replies to people who deleted their tweets. You don't want that. I wonder why you deleted it. Yeah, I offered them like, hey, you guys want to come on and read some some of these questions, some of these tongue twisters from these guys. Um, Yeah, well, we don't I think we have like seven of them today. So we'll have Bree read some. Maybe we'll we'll throw one or two in from us. Uh, But if you do have questions for us, our contact information is as follows. Pactful podcast at gmail.com is the email address. If you'd rather call us or text us, you can do that too. 424-532-0678 is the number. Uh, we put all of that on our website, pack12podcast.com, where you can find the old episodes. You can also tweet at us, which probably our main level of interaction with you guys at pack 12 podcast on the Twitters and uh, on Reddit as well. I haven't looked at that. Remember we asked people to put questions there, David, we should probably check that out too. I check uh, it every now and then. Oh, do you, did we have like a question thread going in the podcast of champions on Reddit? I mean, I haven't checked it in a few days. Okay. Well, we could check that out. Uh, you know, maybe we'll read some of those. We can have a uh, redo the, uh, emails and then, you know, the main, the big thing, the Apple podcast, subscribe, rate us, give us a five-star rating. We love that. Any kind of review you want, you can say we're terrible, blah, 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 but just leave the five stars. And that really helps us out and grow the show. And if you got a friend that's into Pac-12 football that, you know, isn't happening right now, but you want to let them know about the show and, and let it grow a little bit, you know, tell some more friends about it. We do appreciate that as well. We, we, we got a rule breaker again this, this week. Oh man, we got another non five-star review. Yeah. This one's a two star. Like, here's the <laughs> thing. Here's the thing. Here's the reality. Everyone out there, uh, five star. That's obviously what we want. We want the greatness. We want that. The one star though. I kind of get it. You hate us, right? <laughs> but I do not understand under any circumstances, the two through four star rating. What are you doing? We have one rule. You can say whatever you want. Just give us that five-star rating. Thank yeah. you. All right. Well, there's three reviews here. The first one is the two-star. This is from Simmons Fan 1982 And it's actually very interesting in light of our conversation about our inability to read because it's relevant to that. Okay. Think before saying things is the subject line. <laughs> uh, longtime listener. You guys should really consider listening to your podcast and check out how many times you have made a joke about killing yourselves. Today was something like, Makes me want to kill myself to read that long of text. I know you were trying to be funny, but it's not. In a time where mental health is running rampant, that kind of talk can be a trigger for many. So you know it's in- first. Okay, that's totally right. But you know what's interesting here, Ryan? I can't remember or recall which one of us said that because I- we were both just bitching so hard about reading emails last week. That's not. That's not like a 
joke or whatever that I would that would be in my wheelhouse. But I don't picture you saying that either. I, so don't, I don't remember know. saying it. I think it was probably me, but I don't remember saying it. Yeah. Nonetheless, but, that's probably to his point. I should probably listen to these shows again. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that. That's not no. like that would take a lot of work. Um. All right. We've got another one. Actually, we only have two. The other one, okay. for whatever reason, got out of order. This is from it's a five star review. So somebody actually following directions. Uh, it's from Redmond Longhorn. I mean, I've never listened to a full episode, but it deserves five stars based on Woods's resemblance to Brian Wilson alone. So I was thinking about this. Does he mean Brian Wilson, the Dodgers pitcher or Brian Wilson, the Beach Boys singer? I was thinking Beach Boys singer, but I don't I think-, think we're dating ourselves there. Yeah. And also presenting our lack of knowledge currently about baseball. Because Brian Wilson, the baseball player, is famous for his big beard. Yeah, I, I bear, believe that's I bear that's absolutely be. no resemblance to Brian Wilson, so it's an interesting choice on either end. I assume he's good looking, right? So that yeah, that would you know just the beard would have in common. Uh, he looks like a Civil War general, but in a much more extreme way than I do. He looks like if you can Google a picture of Brian Williams, Dodgers pitcher, and then Google a picture of Jeb Stewart, the cavalry commander from the mm-hmm. Civil War, uh, dead ringer. Nice. Complete dead ringer. But me, I, I, I'm not really seeing it. Um, I would say I look more like Brian Wilson, the Beach Boy singer, but Brian Wilson, the Beach Boy singer as a middle-aged man. Uh, I could go with that. Oh, she's pulling, uh, Bree's pulling someone up there. Yeah, yeah, that's, we're not, he's not bearded, right? He doesn't have a... No, I would just say he looks old. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, um, that happens. Yeah, so there's... The hairstyle maybe a little. Um, I actually uh, retweeted something uh, from uh, Grayson Weir, who's a fr- friend of a friend, but he's um, uh, an Ole Miss fan, went to Ole Miss, and he tweeted out side-by-side side pictures of uh, JT Daniels and some Civil War general. I don't know who it is, but uh, and it's, it's it pretty George good. It was McClellan. Was it McClellan he put in there? Oh, man, that's a that's a bad one. But um, oh, that, Yeah, that is McClellan. Nice. Uh, so it was kind of funny with JT's like, you know, sort of part in the hairstyle, uh, weird mustache and stuff. He does. I, I think it's right. He's some civil war general vibes and he actually might get the starting job there because the, uh, the other quarterback, I forget his name, but he just, he opted out. So he transfers in from wake forest and opts out. So he uh, might get a starting job for the 2021 season. No. <laughs> So you are still, we're going to get into all this, but you are still on the, I'm tra- on the train. I, I, you think I got it's a not going to happen. So I was, again, I was at a low ebb last week. So I, I, I backed off of it a little bit. No, I'm tripling down. You're There's going to be down. no, no major college football season. Um, I mean, that would be good for the Pac-12 and be good for the Big Ten. And uh, I mean, maybe that's maybe we should start um, because we're starting now. So we had a, a game last week. We uh, have a game tonight. Was it South Alabama? We're recording us on these, uh, these games don't count. Wait, it's Wednesday. Wait, is it tomorrow? Maybe it's Thursday. This is the first game. Or is it Wednesday? I don't know. I think it's um, Thursday. Yeah. So we're going to have uh, South Alabama coming up. No power fives yet, but those will, you know, come around soon. I don't know, David, like, but the right now the big 10 is in an absolute mess. You've had the president of the United States involved calling uh, Kevin Warren, the the uh, commissioner of, of the Big Ten, who's really just made an absolute mess. You feel bad for a guy that kind of just, he just stepped into it and he just hasn't done the communication I think, side I, I well. Think, I, I, think he's, I think he has not done a great job, and I think the Big Ten presidents left him out to dry. Yeah. Because the word game out, that came out that 
they voted 11 and 11 to 3 to not play this year. Right. There so are Nebraska, 11 presidents, Iowa. 11 Big 10 presidents who haven't uttered a peep in support of their commissioner and just left him out there to just dry and it sucks. And now he hasn't communicated well totally, but there could be universities backing him up that are not doing it. Right. And so Nebraska, Iowa, and uh, I believe Ohio State were the three um, dissenters, right? And they didn't. They didn't want to. Uh, they they wanted to go forward with the season. Um, and then you know, so it's not up to uh, the commissioners. It's not up the uh, you know the commissioner, the athletic directors. It's up to the presidents. And like you said, eleven to three. And the only reason we found out about the vote was because of the lawsuit from Nebraska and. You know, that's why they, you know, then that comes out that, hey, there was an actual vote. It was 11 to three. It has to be at least, I think it was like a two thirds um, vote. And it, it, you know, clearly passed that threshold. And so that came out and all of this just hasn't looked good. Um, your boy, Clay Travis, apparently like trying to don't, broker a deal. Don't, don't do that. Don't <laughs> even try that. <laughs> There's so, I mean, but what a, what a mess. You can argue whatever you want about the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 made their decision. And they're rolling on. Like we have, you know, in Los Angeles County, we can't eat indoors still. We can't lift weights inside. You can't gather in groups of more than 10. You know, you know, Bree here was supposed to go in. You know, she was supposed to be, you know, on campus working out. She's not allowed to do that. They're not doing team workouts. So it makes sense here in the Pac-12 that, you know, a third of your teams or whatever are in California and can't do anything. Um, but you know, in the Big Ten, there's just a lot more dissension. And, man, it's just been an absolute mess. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but it just follows along. I mean, the unfortunate reality is it's a very political thing, um, and it follows along the political fault lines. I mean, in the Pac-12, there are essentially three schools that are in red states, and Utah's kind of a weird red state. Um, but you've got Arizona and Arizona State and then Utah. Um, in the Big Ten, it's a lot more. Um, those three schools you mentioned, I don't think it's a coincidence that Iowa, Nebraska, and Ohio are all red states. Um, I think there's a real through line there. Um, and it's true in the SEC. Uh, I mean, throughout the SEC, it doesn't take much to understand why the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC are considering playing while, um, you know, the Big 10 and the Pac-12 are out. Um, and there just doesn't happen to be a whole lot of football in the Northeast. Otherwise, you would see whatever league is based in the Northeast also probably not playing football. I would yeah. bet I would bet a ton of money that Syracuse, if there was an actual vote in the ACC, Syracuse probably voted not to play this year. Yeah, Boston um, College, probably the same thing. Probably the same thing, but they're outweighed by their um, kind of that southern pole of power um, in that league, and the SEC is obviously entirely in, in red states. So um, I think there's a political reality to the whole thing. Um, it's been, I think the whole divide, um, in the country has been driven by that. Um, and I think it, it carries forward to football. Um, so that's why you're seeing it. But I think the reason why I'm still on the, and somewhat, somewhat facetiously, cause I, I do think there's more likelihood that the SEC plays now, but I'm going to stick with my guns. Okay. I, I just think there's the liability concerns that remain um, with the other power five leagues deciding to play. Um, and, well, the other power five leagues deciding not to play big 10 and the pac 12. If anything were to happen in the other three leagues, they've got potential gross negligence claims that could be levied against them. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I don't think they'll do it, but we're, we're what one week out from Iowa state basically playing um, their first game uh, on September 12th. 
um, and the ACC starting up that weekend too. So it's coming, it's coming around the corner, and we'll see if anything, uh, anything happens in the coming days. Yeah, I mean, every time we see a game, what happens? I, mean, I believe there was three long snappers out for Austin P. So there's going to be weird th- stuff that happens. Um, but you know, did, if did you like, watch that? Did you watch that trash? I didn't get to watch it. No. Cause I, I, I forget what I was doing, but I didn't get to watch it. But like, I, you know, I read about it afterwards. Cause I wanted to see how it goes, but apparently like referee whistles are electronic. They can, they're not blowing into things. Um, there's some weird stuff going on, but you mentioned like some of the, the red States, blue States thing. It's weird when you have Iowa, I mean, uh, Ohio high school football going on and Ohio state can't play and you get you get understand like hey why can the high schools play and this big college that has all these resources can't utah i think is going into their week four of high school football like how crazy is that and the utes can't play byu's playing in that state um you know you're seeing stuff like this all over the place like penn state can't play but Pitt and temple can't you know and um it it would be weird like if cal and stanford were playing and usc and ucla can't or vice versa we don't have that here, but there are states like that where there's sort of this mix um, where there's the overlap between the conference and, and you know, what the, I guess the core values, whatever you want to say of the state. Uh, so when a state like Utah or Ohio, it just makes a little bit more, it, it's a little more, I don't know, convoluted, I guess. And as we see more games, the more you hear from, you know, different reporters, talk to coaches and players, it's going to be like this itch that you just can't scratch when you're watching other people play major college football and you're sitting at home and not allowed to. And if it does keep going, you know, maybe you're right, David, maybe everything gets shut down and it'll all sort of like come back to normal and they'll reset and figure out what to do. But if not, it's like you got the haves and the have nots and the have nots are just going to get more and more upset as they keep watching more games being played. And then there'll be more and more questions for the Kevin Warrens and Larry Scott's of the world of, Hey, they're doing it. Why couldn't you guys get your act together and do it? Yeah, but it'll be. For, I mean, they they might pose those questions to Larry Scott and Kevin Warren, but the reality is those questions should be posed to the university presidents. Sure. Um, and I think those university presidents, I think they're very secure in the decision they're making um, because they're making a decision that, at worst, it opens them up to, oh, you lost a bunch of money for athletic department. Well, even for the most athletic heavy university. The athletic revenue pales in comparison to the overall university revenue. Um, and so I think they can take that hit. Um, but I think they're leery, and I think this is rightly, they're leery of anything potentially being linked to an outbreak at their universities. They're leery of, God forbid, somebody getting really sick or somebody dying of this thing that could have been preventable by not having athletic competition. Um, yeah. And the more we're watching, the more we're seeing that, uh, so far at least, practices aren't a huge driver of uh, outbreaks, um, at least from what we're seeing with football. Um, but we haven't really seen them in an unprotected setting, really. Um, so we'll see um, as games happen, if they happen. Um, but I think the, the the questions are more if there are serious things that happen in the SEC, Big 12, and ACC, what are the questions going to be for those university presidents? Um, yeah. Are there going to be people who are interested in those answers? Because it seems like there's a big push um, from guys like your boy Clay Travis to direct all of the ire to the people not playing and none towards the people who are, um, whatever you think about it, making a, 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 a slightly riskier decision. Um, it is a riskier decision to um, bring a bunch of people together during a pandemic. Um, and however it plays out, they're taking a little bit more of a risk. Yeah. Um, so 
it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, I think these, this next couple of weeks, um, you know, we've already seen who was it who delayed their game already from the 12th to the 26th. Was that like Texas Tech or something or something like that? I One forget. of the schools just did it this week. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if that September 10th through 12th um, group of games holds to that date or if they push it for, further on. Um, it's one thing for Austin P and, and Central Arkansas to play. It's another for actual major college football to play. So yeah. all of that's going to be really, really interesting. It will. And I, you know, you said it, the, the Pac-12, they're at peace with their decision. And it does make sense, you know, you know, knowing like schools like Cal, Stanford, USC, UCLA, they can't really do anything. And, you know, you've had the bigger outbreaks in like Washington and, and Arizona and things have, you know, opened up a little bit more. You can do more in Arizona than you can uh, in California now, but it, until you could have regular practices for most of your schools, it just, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. And there was no way they were going to go with like a pack eight or anything like that. People were talking about, uh, but with the big 10, yeah, there, everyone's not on the same page. And there was, I think Dan, um, who was it? Who's the morning? Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick came out and said that they were, you know, a source told them that they could start as early as October 10th. And then that but was that's just bunk. coaches and athletic directors talking out of their butts. But even, uh, you know, director, athletic director, uh, Moose from, uh, Nebraska, the guy who was formerly at uh, Washington state, he said that wasn't true. And he's someone that would want to push forward, but there does seem like there's a real possibility they could play Thanksgiving timeframe. Um, and I'm curious to see what you think about this. I still feel like if they go, if the sec, the ACC and the big 12 play, and it looks like it can work. There's some hiccups or whatever. Then it would allow the Big Ten and the Pac-12 to say, okay, you can start fall camp and have games start, you know, maybe you start them in January. You don't have to do it in the spring. You could do like a shortened January, February, March kind of thing. Takes the place of spring practice. You get a lot of time off and you get a regular 20 or as regular as you can 2021. I, I still feel that makes the most sense. You have some kind of Rose Bowl game yeah. between the two conferences. But if the Big Ten starts earlier and the Pac-10 is not ready, then I think you sort of, I kind of think they need to be partners in this, David. And just don't start in, you know, Thanksgiving just because you're trying to catch up. You're not going to make the college football playoff. And who cares, you know, if Indiana is playing Rutgers on the weekend of the college football playoff, you know, like it doesn't, that doesn't really matter. So to me, the Big Ten needs to just say, okay, we're going to start next year, but pair up with the Pac-12. And if it's proven that it can work, then make a, you know, make a partnership there and go forward and have some kind of cool Rose Bowl and maybe some other bowls. Because uh, there's more bowls now than there are teams that are playing. There's going to be bowls that want to have something to do. If it's a March bowl instead of a December yeah. bowl, who cares? You know, But I, I feel like they need to be partners in this. But the Big Ten might start earlier, and then the Pac-1 would kind of be playing on its own. I, would, I wouldn't pay attention to a bunch of the noise about the Big Ten right now, especially as it comes from... Um, you know, like Dan Patrick and no knock on Dan Patrick um, or any of these kind of, you know, sports writery types, their connections are with the coaches and the ADs until yeah. something is actually settled at the presidential level. It's just speculation. Um, I don't think they'd even be floating much at this point. And I think um, just from a pure um, it's better to be together than to be, you know, having to try to do this all separately. I think the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to be in alignment. Um, it wouldn't really make sense for them not to be. Um, and we're talking about the difference of probably a month, because if it's safe enough for the Big Ten, I mean, again, they've got 11 universities that drove this thing because they are of the same mindset as the Pac-12. Um, if if the Big Ten is cool with 
going forward, uh, most of the Pac-12 schools and states are going to be as well because they're all operating in the same kind of worldview. Um, again, you got to think of it. The political divide is a big part of this and a big part of the Big Ten and a lot of the Pac-12 is part of one side of that divide and the SEC, Big 12, three schools in the Big Ten, well, four if you count Indiana, um, and the ACC are on the other side of that divide. Um, but I think you're going to still see the Big Ten and the Pac-12 operate in alignment because the majority of the schools in there and the states in there are in more or less alignment on how they're approaching um, uh, the pandemic. Yeah. So I think if if the Big Ten says it's cool to play by Thanksgiving, I think you'll see the Pac-12 say, OK, it's cool to play by Thanksgiving. Um, I don't think either of them are going to do that with football. The question is whether they're going to start basketball um, yeah. around then, um, because I think. They could say something like, OK, we're going to open camp for football at the same time we open practice for basketball, but you don't need as much of a ramp up for basketball to play. So you say, OK, we're going to open camp for football in November um, for the start of the season being the first weekend of January. Um, and we're going to open basketball practice at the beginning of November, but that might put them on, on track to play by the end of November, early December. Um so I think there's a few different ways this can go, but I think it makes some sense for it to be November. I mean, if you're following the progress of um, vaccine development, it sounds like um, there's potential for that to at least start being rolled out by the end of October. Um, we'll see about anything else. I mean, flu season and everything could ramp this whole thing back up and make everything academic and push everything to next year. Um, but as of now, there's, I think, at least some reason for optimism that there could be actual Pac-12 competition in basketball, at least, by the end of the year. Yeah, that would be good to see. Um, the NBA has their Woj bombs. Here are the Pac-12. We got, we got our John Wilner bombs. And uh, I don't know if you got to check out the story, David, about basically the Pac-12 CEOs, um, they were considering, like, an overhaul. Uh, and so basically they would hire, like, a consulting group um, you know, they want a major overall to quote the entire structure and composition of the conference, including contract issues. Uh, there was according to the documents that, uh, John Wilner, uh, obtained and he goes through and it's funny, the number of consultants that the PAC 12 has hired is pretty crazy. And a lot of these guys are, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month. Um, I mean, he counted up to, he said four consultants, three-year estimated total of $1.15 million paid to that conference. So hiring these consultants to, you know, some of it's like PR stuff. Some of it was stuff when they're working with the LA Times, right, to try to, like, get a yeah. better, you know, hiring a bunch of Hiring a bunch of consultants is a good sign for any business that you need to fire everyone on your leadership team. Yes. Uh, because they're, they're consulting out. So first – I, and I'm sure some people listening to this are consultants and you make a good amount of money and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, working at various other jobs with outside people, generally, you're not going to get something that you want out of them. You need to educate them so much on your core product and your brand and all this other stuff to get them even up to speed of your like lowest level employee. And then they have a niche and they might be able to fill that niche, but they're not going to be able to do whatever broad based and unique thing you want them to do. And by halfway through working with them, you're like, oh, wow, our, you know, $55,000 a year marketing assistant probably could have come up with this idea and four of our other people could have executed it. Oh, well, this was this was a stupid waste of money, but we already did it. So it's done now. Um, and if you do it over and over again, that's just a sign of really bad leadership that's out of touch with the reality of what's happening in the business. 
Um, so this more than anything, I mean, more than like whatever is going on, the fact that they're hiring a bunch of consultants and still producing this much garbage means, um, they are, uh, that Larry Scott should be fired. Yeah. And I think that's the consensus. Everyone feels like that for all those layoffs that happened that we talked about, uh, I believe it was in last week's show, or maybe it was a week before, um, man, it's just like, how could you not get rid of the the top leadership and and that's where the the changes need to be made and maybe this was sort of like the ceo's way of kind of bringing in people to get around like okay so we want to go in another direction what uh you know what do we have to do um you know i think getting rid of larry scott before his contracts out in 2022 makes sense because that's about the time you want to start the negotiations for your 2024 uh, television revenue, you know, contracts. And that's the big one. That's where you're going to make up your money. And that's where you're going to like try to get this conference back on track. That's what's, ne- that's what's going to be needed. I just don't know at this point, if, uh, they're going to be able to pull the trigger beforehand, if the coronavirus stuff as uh, is putting any kind of, you know, slowing that down a little bit. Uh, but I would be shocked sometime in 2021 when this is, you know, when things are more normal, that they'd have to go in another direction, let Larry Scott go, you know, some sort of buyout and, and have a different, you know, idea for what they want for leadership. But the leadership has been a complete failure. And even though he's handled this pandemic pretty well, I think he's, as this contract, you know, comes to a close, I think his job security, you know, his sense of job security has definitely gone down. And I feel like he's worked better with the athletic directors. It's not just the CEOs. There's only two CEOs left that actually uh, brought Larry Scott on. Uh, so I feel like he's trying to be a better commissioner now, but you know, where was this from the last 10 years? And uh, that's, that's where the major issue for me is. So yeah, I agree with you, Larry Scott, uh, he needs to go. Remember when he leaked that big announcement that he was going to announce to all the Pac-12 employees. And then he announced that he was uh, extending his contract through 2022. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he's needed to go for a long, long time. Yeah. He's uh, as, uh, what, what we got to do. Uh, the truth is we all know champagne. Larry likes to roll large, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Larry. Uh, we'll miss him. We'll miss, uh, we'll, his, we? his, well, as, you know, he's a, it's a, it's a, it's a punchline for the podcast. So it's something we've kind of, well, yeah, there's always bit. somebody there was Tom yeah. Hansen before him. There'll always be somebody. Yeah. Tom, oh, I mean, he was, you wouldn't want to really make fun of Tom Hansen. He just was like stuck in the stone ages, right? Like Larry was trying to be, I think he came out trying to be like the new, the cool new thing. But he was like MySpace in like the Facebook era, and you're sort of like, yeah, you're you're definitely cooler than the old guy, but like you're still in MySpace world, and you're not in Facebook, and that's gonna go right over Bree's head because that was probably before she was born when MySpace was going on. No, I was born. You were born. You knew MySpace. Yeah, I was like two or three. Okay, I knew what MySpace was. No, actually, I might have been a little bit older. Than you were probably like five or something. When yeah, because I remember you could put music as your background, like your like any music on your profile. Yeah. Yes. All that all that stuff so MySpace, good stuff but yeah so larry scott yeah we need some we need some snapchats or uh tiktoks wow. right now well wow, you've don't... never sounded you've never sounded so old yeah i'm an old man we need some I... snapchats or some tiktoks <laughs> or whatever you kids are up to <laughs> these days yeah and TikTok. definitely you gotta you gotta get the pac-12 i mean we talked about this last week like the cost of doing business in the pac-12 is what eight million dollars a year and the rest of the the four power five conferences combined for like one and a half million dollars. So that's got to come way down. Like you can't have your revenue so much lower than the rest of the conferences and your expenses that much higher. So they got to figure that out. And hopefully new leadership will do that. I mean, Larry Scott can't 
because it would just be you know admission that he was doing something wrong. So that's one of those things. You just need to bring a new leadership and fix the mess that is the Pac-12 network, fix the mess that is you know the, the, the office space and everything, being the most expensive real estate in the country. All that stuff has to change. Yep. Um, did you read uh, Kyle Bonagora's story? It actually was more graphics um, uh, for ESPN.com, where he followed. Uh, they, it was like took all this data, like cell phone data, from three football games from 2019. It was like USC, Stanford, uh, I think it was Nebraska, and somebody, and then like Alabama, Ole Miss, something like that. And what they did was they would follow. Uh, there were home games for Alabama, Nebraska, and USC, the Coliseum, and they followed like eight to 10,000 people with their cell phone data from, you know, what happens after the game. So four hours after the game, most people are within, you know, like an hour of the stadium or whatever. But then like in Nebraska, in LA, it wasn't as spread out. Like people are just in LA County. Like it's 10 million people in LA County. It's bigger than 41 States in the, in the country. So most people are coming from LA County because it's this huge population base, but Nebraska, they're going two, three States away. They're spreading out all over the place. In Alabama, there was similar. They went through throughout the state, but mostly, you know, mostly through Alabama, but all the different counties and stuff uh, following the game and why these can be like these super spreader events. Because, you know, if you're in this mass gathering and then you spread out all over, you know, the, the county or the state or in Nebraska's case, you know, the, you know multiple states, um, it really can spread things out. Uh, you know, if you catch it and then and usually like if you catch it, I forget the, the numbers like two people can get it from you. But if you're going to be traveling like that, then it could spread to a lot more people. So it was a really well done uh, piece by Kyle. I don't know if you got to check that out, David. And Yeah, no, it was really cool. And you uh, saw the pins, like who was playing and who was not. And it was complete like red, blue thing. You know, it was like, it looked like a political map. Like these, these programs are playing and these aren't. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, I mean, it's, it's exactly what you think it is, but yeah, I mean, I think in the South in particular, it's going to be really, really significant, especially in Atlanta, um, if uh, all these schools actually do have fans in attendance uh, by the time games come around, if the games come around, um, because so many Alabama, so many Auburn, so many Georgia, so many Clemson, so many Georgia Tech, so many of all these different schools, they're based in and around Atlanta, even Tennessee. Um, so it's going to be, I mean, that's the major population center. It's going to be a lot of people coming from there and going back there. Um, so I think football season, if it's bad for any one particular place, it's going to be bad for Atlanta. Um, like if you look at just kind of the alumni bases for so many of these Southern schools, it's so many of them, uh, their, their alumni live in Atlanta. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that plays out. I think the point now is that you know that the coronavirus is out there, that they wouldn't allow a full stadium and you would have people spread out oh, so and just, masks. So just 20,000 people congregated together. Right. But I mean, that's the, fine. The point what's, is you're not 20,000 people just hanging out and shouting about a football game. They're supposed to be spaced out and things like that. Oh, but, great. Yeah. Okay. So if they're shouting though, like none of those droplets are going to get to them, right? Cause they're spaced <laughs> out. And I'm sure those entranceways that are always packed, I mean, I'm sure they'll just let them in, what, like one at a time? Yeah, no, time? You, if you started 12 hours before kickoff, you could get it done that way. Yeah, that's right. right. No, just play the game over 12 hours. Yeah. And and give everyone, like, a bathroom chip. Like, you can go to the bathroom at this time. It's like a Disneyland fun, like, fast pass. <laughs> 
you have 30 seconds to pee. Yeah, you know, here's your window to go to the bathroom, and God forbid you actually, like, drink a lot before the uh, before the start of the game, and so you've broken the seal, and you have to pee four times in 30 minutes. Um, no, I mean, I think it's going to be a disaster if they let any fans in the stadium. And if you saw, Iowa State already backed off of that. They had good, planned good, to do yeah. that, but they've backed off of it. Um, I think that, I mean... I think there's a way to have it done. I think if you limit it to just football teams playing against football teams, I think the SEC might very well go forward with it. I think once you add, again, literally thousands of people to the equation every day driving in or every game driving in, um, congregating in parking lots, congregating in the stadium, shouting and yelling and drinking, making bad decisions, going to the bathroom, then driving home. I think you're going to quickly see these turn into kind of spiking events that yeah. um, cause major issues. So hopefully they look, they, they at least um, limit that. I know some schools are still planning on having fans in the stand. I think that's a real, that's an unforced error. You don't need to do that. Right. Um, everyone's going to eat money on this year. It's just the reality. Texas had to cut a bunch of staff. Texas Tech had to cut, cut a bunch of staff. Michigan had to cut a bunch of staff. That's unfortunate realities. Um, you're not going to make that up with 20,000 tickets sold. So just right. don't 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 really bother um, and try to do this as safely as you can if you're going to try to do it. Like the NBA, exactly. Like the NBA do like the zooming type thing. Yeah, that exactly. would be interesting. That'd be fun. Um, like cutouts or whatever. Like you yeah, could sell a cutout. They're doing that. Um, Oklahoma, I think, was they're they're having people pay fifty bucks for a cutout or something. Oh, um, wow. I like that. Turn this into That's like a revenue cheap, opportunity. That's yeah, actually cool. But yeah. it, I agree with you. I don't think you can do fans right now. Like this, that's just too, that's too much. You're biting, you know, you're getting a bite of an apple that you maybe shouldn't be taking a bite out, and you're taking a way bigger bite than you need to. And I going, think that, going all Adam and Eve there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you know, yeah, that one you just take a bite and you're done. Like this was like you're taking a way bigger bite than you really need Who's to. Who's the like, snake? If you, if you could take What's a smaller the snake bite. In this scenario. The, the snake is the virus, right? Is that gonna? Is that the one trying to get us to take the bite? I think the snake. Oh, who's trying to get us to take the bite? Um, it's capitalism. It always is. Oh, would money? you stop? Do not look. Do not... I, I'm just taking the analogy where it leads, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll stop there. Uh, well, we actually have one more little piece of news. You know, we haven't seen a, just a buttload of you know transfers from Big Ten schools or Pac-12 schools to um the other a trickle you know, a trickle they've been a little and i think you, you talk to some college football people they thought there might be more the ncaa i think kind of made it clear like you're not going to get a waiver just because one school's you know one conference is playing and one is not uh you can argue if that's good or not because they're probably in january that's all going to change right like they're gonna it's gonna the one-time exemption will pass and then everyone can do that but right now that's not going to be the case um you know we have seen some guys opt out even if you know schools uh that are you know, playing, you've seen guys opt out. LSU's had a whole bunch, but for Washington, uh, Joe Tryon. So he's one of the best ed ru edge rushers in the conference. He's declared early for the NFL draft. And I feel like we're going to get more, definitely more of those than transfers. And especially as we start to see games get played, if they do, uh, and there's not like some kind of announcement from the PAC 12 or the big 10 that, Hey, we're going to play here or there. Like we're hearing stuff for the big 10 where they're trying to play. It looks like or at least a lot of people are advocating to try to play. And we're they're just not, not hearing that playing. in the Pac-12 right now. They're not playing. No, I mean, not um, necessarily in the fall. But I don't think it would hurt the Pac-12 if they started making noise like that to just keep the players, you know, in the fold. Um, yes. But no, they're not. 
Because right now they're just not, you know. Yeah, the Big Ten's not playing it anyway. Um, But, so yeah, I think, but this is something that's true across the board. Like, if you've seen, like, LSU has had a bunch of guys opt out because they're getting lined up for the NFL draft and they don't want to take any extra risk. Um, This is happening outside of the Pac-12, throughout the Pac-12, in the Big Ten, guys deciding they're done and they're going to the NFL draft. Um, So I think that's a universal story, and that might be something that, you know, once you open Pandora's box for guys doing that, uh, they're just going to do it forever now, regardless of whether there's COVID or not. Because I think it's been a rule of thumb for a lot of us over the years that, well, you've got to have at least three years of film uh, to show the NFL draft evaluators. Why? Why is it three years? Why is that the magic number? What if you had one really good year? Yeah. Miles My- Jack was drafted based off of like one and a half good seasons. Um, this happens all the time. Joe Burrow wasn't really good until his last year. So, I mean, it's just, there's, you know, there's a, um, I think there's like learned wisdom about this stuff. That's not actually true. Um, so, and I think guys are going to learn that pretty quickly when, you know, dudes get drafted after basically posting one good season of stats. Um, one interesting transfer that I think we should note, uh, Colin Schooler, Arizona's oh, yeah. best player. Leading tackler for two years and, like, second leading tackler as a freshman, I believe. So, yeah, you could say best player. Yeah, I'll say best player uh, decided he was going to transfer to Texas Tech because he really wants to play this year. Um, UCLA had a transfer out as well, starting offensive lineman Jake Burton, who's uh, going to Baylor. Um, So a lot of guys going to the Big 12. Um, But those guys were grad transfers, right? So they can play. I think they can play immediately. Yeah. Um, Schooler so, definitely can. Um, and I think Jake Burton also um, graduated, so he would be able to play immediately as well. So there will be some of those. I don't know if there will be many straight transfers because we don't know about the eligibility. Um, but there's certainly some meaningful, going to be some meaningful talent deficit, I think, across college football this, whatever the fall season looks like and whatever the winter and spring season looks like. Yeah. And you mentioned guy like Justin Fields, what, he has one year uh, yeah. at Ohio State. People think he's going to be the number two pick in the draft. He doesn't have to play another down of college football. I mean, that he, there's no reason for him to come back. Um, I mean, for a guy like Jamie Newman, who I think, you know, is probably going to be a later round draft pick. He had an opportunity to play for Georgia with a playoff caliber roster, you know, and, and he's opting out. He's the one that, you know, opt that we, I, we mentioned at the top is opting out and, you know, get, that would give JT Daniels a, a chance to uh, start there. I, I don't think he's still even cleared for contact yet, but they, they don't play till the end of the month, but um curious to see like why something like that would happen where this is a real opportunity for him. He's not a surefire first round pick, but well, there, there's the NCAA thing where they're allowing everybody to take a mulligan on this year. So yeah. he could just do it again next year. I don't know. He's a surefire pick a surefire draft pick, but he might just, I don't know, maybe he's got some lingering issue from last year. Maybe he just doesn't feel comfortable to start this year. I don't know. There could be a variety of reasons, but there's there's a lot of different reasons guys could choose not to play this year. Um, it yeah. doesn't just have to be the NFL draft. They could be recovering from some injury, and they're just like, whoa, am I getting gifted another year? I already took my red shirt, and I'm getting another one? Hell, I'll sit another year and, and then get fully ready for my big draft year. Um, there could be a lot of different things going on like that. That's, I didn't write this one down in our topics, but I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this because it's really like like it's a mulligan year, right? They're going to allow uh, you know everyone to not count this year. So if you were a true freshman in 2020, you're going to be a true freshman in 2021. Well, that means 
the incoming 2021 class is also true freshmen. So you basically have a double size freshman class. Any seniors in 2021 won't count towards your 85 limit. So that's nice. So they didn't change the 85 limit. And I was told Title IX would have a lot to do with that. If you said, okay, everyone can have 115 scholarships or whatever, 110 or something like that, or 100 scholarships, whatever it is. Um, it really could screw up all the Title IX numbers and stuff. So what they did was just give every senior a pass that they won't count. But what happens in 2022, if you have two freshman classes in 2021, now you have this huge, you know, maybe it's 45 people and a regular class for your, you know, those will be sophomores and you'll have regular juniors and regular seniors plus a freshman class coming in. There's no way you can fit that under the 85 limit. So guys are going to get run off. That's going to be a real big issue if the NCAA doesn't do something to alleviate that a little bit. So I don't know if you've, you know, I was trying to break it down for like USC's roster and it might not be as bad because they had a horrible 2020 class and it was only, it's only 12 people. Now they had 13 and one guy didn't end up at Washington, Um, but they only got 12 guys. So I think you can, you can work with that a little bit easier, but if you brought in a 25 person 2020 class and you planned on bringing a 25 person 2021 class, you can have 50 dudes in one class. Like something is going to have to happen or guys are going to run off or it, I, I don't want it to be something that's going to be bad for players that maybe weren't as good as they were touted to be coming out of high school. And then they lose their scholarship or get kicked out or whatever it is. I mean, I think they're, you've got to get creative with the money um, because it comes down to like how much um, the schools are willing to front these athletes for extended periods of time. But I think you could get it safe under Title IX if you just extended the roster limits to the extremity of whatever that senior class is. So say you've got 15 seniors. Okay, your roster limit for football is 100. Say you've got four seniors in track or whatever. Okay, your roster limit is whatever track's roster limit is plus four. Um, and then you slowly wind that down over the course of like four or five years. So basically work at like a big bonus and then sanctions for four or five years um, to get it back down. So if you're at 100 for one school this year, well, next year you've got to get it down to 96. And the next year you got to get it down to 92. And the next year you got to get down to 88 and then down to 85. So you're not taking the hit in any one year for the school, but also you're not depriving um, so many you know, especially in these local areas with some of these schools, local student athletes from the opportunity to get a scholarship, um, because that's what it's going to that's who it's actually going to hurt if they go down the path of only allowing 85 scholarships, because not a bunch of guys are going to transfer out and you can't really force them. You can do the whole thing that coaches always do, but you can't really force them to leave. Right. Um, so you're going to end up depriving local high school students of the opportunity to go to college on a scholarship. Um, which that's not fair and equitable. You don't want to screw over, you know, high school juniors and seniors right now um, because of something that was out of their control. Um, they won't be able to go to their local schools. They won't be able to go, you know, they might be able, not, some meaningful number of kids who would have otherwise been, you know, FBS football players or FBS athletes who were getting scholarships to go to school will not. Um, because of the way the the limits will work under that scenario. So I think they have the right idea in giving everyone an extra year of eligibility, but you have to do something about these roster limits as well. Um, and I think you can do that. You've got to get creative and you've got to get the schools on board and you have to figure out some money solution. Um, I'm on the record as thinking scholarships are fake money because they're not actually paying anyone anything. They're just, well, except for the stipends, they're not actually paying that money. They're, it's just tuition that they're not getting for that unit of education. 
Um, but they're not expending that. Um, and there are, look, we've all been in lecture halls. There's like 400 seats in there. So for a 350 person lecture, what, what's 50 extra seats? It doesn't matter. Um, so I think they can figure it out if there's a will. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it would be a better thing for everybody if they just extended the roster sizes. Yeah. Well, hopefully they will. Four years be or so. They're going to yeah. have to do something though, because there's just going to be this balloon floating through your your roster over the next few years. And how do you, and, and like you said, you don't want, well, we were going to bring you in and give you a scholarship, but now we can't because we have too many people because we had this, this, you know, throwaway year. Um, we want to get the questions real quick though. I just saw the tweet that you tweeted at me. I guess it was a while ago. Um, star Wars tweeted out. This is the day new episode streaming October 3rd on Disney plus the Mandalorian. Oh my gosh, I love that show. Yeah. So yep. Brie, you, in, you like the show? Yes, I did not. I was not able to binge watch them because I watched them like while they were live, like each one. But I, it was great. Yeah, it was a great show. I did the same thing. We, I think both of Dave and I, we talked about it. I had, I got a free year of the Disney Plus because yeah, of Verizon, mm-hmm. but I don't know when that's up. So hopefully, I think I, it's up like now. Oh, really? It's almost up. It's very really? soon. It's oh. actually kind of scary because if they're coming out with a new season, like that's then you want to like. But I've not watched anything else on Disney Plus. Yeah, so. me neither. Well, sometimes I watch like. I'll rewatch like childhood movies, but really no. I just watched The Mandalorian. Yeah. Clearly, clearly. The character uh, I, I'm the only one with children on this podcast. He has children because so I watch oh. Disney Plus all watched... damn day. All <laughs> damn day. Okay, yeah. No, we don't. I don't. So yeah. it's worth it. Uh, all right. Well, I got to look at that and see. I got to check out my account. But I'm glad you pointed it out. I figured they were going to come out like after. Uh... Can't wait. Yeah. You but think the... that Yoda's going to be older now? No, He's I think Baby Yoda's going to be the same. Yeah. He, more baby he Yoda. brought a lot of fans. So if yeah. they make him older now, people might like stray away. Yeah, yeah that's no, true. You can't have teenage Yoda. Yeah, no, that's gonna look ugly. <laughs> no awkward, Yoda? no awkward teenage years for baby Yoda. Yeah, is he gonna even be like? Um, is he gonna be wise or anything if he's a teenager? No, nah, he'd be all what cranky and, yeah. and like have zits and stuff. We don't want that. Exactly. Nobody <laughs> wants that. <laughs> Yoda. Awesome. Well, we gotta check that out. That'll be something to talk. about. That'll be good off-season stuff. Um. October 30th, man, that's kind of far away. All right, now that we know it's there, but at least they produce. I don't, you know, there's so many things that weren't in production at all. Mm-hmm. So crazy. Yeah, that's that. true. What things got stopped? Yeah, so they made it work. That's good. Uh, all right, why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back, and uh, Bree is going to read us some questions. So back in a minute. We are back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Bree was rocking out to the, uh, the the break music there, Dave. She was she was a fan. Oh, great! Yeah, no, I um I ran a few laps while that was going on. Yeah, she so, showed me some hurdling techniques. You know, when yeah. we we're socially distant, you know, she's six about ten feet away, maybe. We're like right ten now. feet now. Okay. Yeah, but uh, you know, in I a well ventilated office, in a well ventilated office. <laughs> yes, I got the it's air just, going. Everything. There's only, I don't know, probably. 40 storage containers in the middle of that office building. It's fine. Wow, well really ventilated. Right now. Yeah, there is a lot. Yeah. You know, we are secluded. It's good. Uh, it's, you know, there's, there's like no one in this building, which is weird. But uh, so I'm like yeah. in the back of this building full of storage containers all by myself. It's crazy. But a beautiful view, a beautiful ocean front view. We got a little ocean, but you also have a power plant view. So. Yeah, well, you, you take the good, you take the bad, right? Yeah. yeah. But you can't see the ocean, which is kind of cool. Um, well, where this will be the first time we're going to try something like this out, uh, Bree, I think our first question is, 
our buddy Scott in Washington. You want to uh, read yes. the subject and let All us know right. what's up? The subject is loan repayments, and you can only have one talent slash developers. Okay, so he goes, Ryan and Dave. The Pac-12 floated the idea of loaning each school upwards of $83 million, a billion total if 12 schools took it, to help them with their budgets because of COVID and the lost revenue from not playing sports. Assuming that one school did, did take the money, which happens first, Larry Scott pays back his home loan he's, he's had since he's hired, or the school actually pays the conference back for the loan. Mm. Mm. First of all, she's better at reading than us. Let's see. Uh, the, I like the loan idea, like as these bridge loans kind of things. I think that's going to help. I don't think Larry Scott's ever paying back that loan, though. <laughs> Not a chance. Not a no. chance. Um, I don't think the loans get paid back regardless. I think, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those hand wavy finance things where it's like, oh, the conference went bankrupt and now it's the PAC uh, 10 plus two and it's a new entity. That's what I think it'll be. Interesting. All yeah, right. It'll be one of those one of those finance things that nobody understands. But everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's fine because rich people got richer. <laughs> I think, I mean, just to get some of these athletic departments through, I mean, when you're seeing like the, like you mentioned, you know, Texas has their network. They make a bunch of money on their tier three rights from that and all that stuff. They're still having football and they got to make cuts. Um, We haven't seen those kind of cuts yet in schools that aren't having football, which they won't have as much revenue coming in. So I, I actually like the ideas of floating out these loans and stuff and to help out schools. But yeah, is it going to be something that, you know, you're going to have, you're going to you say, Cal, you're not coming to play football again unless you pay back this loan. I just don't think there's going to be like some loan sharky uh, uh, attitude towards those. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Second question. I understand you need both, but if you had to choose just one and you were the head coach of, of a Pac 12 school, which road would you choose? Better recruiters and developers or the other way around? Under the developer's envelope, that also includes. Schemic advantages, time management at the end of the game, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Another way to say to say it would be Jimmy and Joe's or X's and O's. Thank you guys for grinding on with us with us with the POC. Go dogs, Scott in Washington. Yeah. Well, who was the was it who was the schematic advantage guy? The uh That was Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss, yeah. Great yeah. One. Yes. Uh, he got an extension for losing to USC. He got like a ten year extension. Yeah, but the thing is, that's not a that's not an indictment of a schematic advantage. That's an indictment of Charlie Weiss, who yes. clearly did not have a schematic advantage. Yeah. Um, so I'm more of a X's and O's guy. Um, like if I'm weighing the two things, I think you have to have talent, obviously. But this is through the lens of UCLA and UCLA <laughs> through uh, the start of the Chip Kelly era. Um, now that Chip Kelly has decided to recruit, like UCLA is located in the middle of Montana. Um, it makes it harder for me to base everything on that because clearly you need some base level of talent. My thing is for UCLA, for USC, for Washington to an extent, for Oregon to an extent, it's much more important to have a good coach because your talent's going to figure itself out for the most part. Again, unless you have Chip Kelly as your head coach, then it won't get figured out, and you really do need to focus on that. Um, For the other schools, it really kind of... Uh, you know, I, I could go either way, really. Um, I think there's some element where if you've got a really, really good recruiter at, like, Cal, um, that can make up for some deficiency in X's and O's. Um, but, I don't know, I think still under the day, I'd probably lean towards X's and O's. Like, Jeff Tedford's the one who turned Cal into, a, you know, a powerhouse for a little bit there, and that was 
largely um, through his, you know, schematic acumen as well as, you know, picking up Marshawn Lynch and Deshaun Jackson and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, because Aaron Rodgers, he wasn't real good, right? Like, the, no, he sucked. Know. Sucked yeah. real bad. Is he still yeah, playing? Lynch. He's he's carrying a clipboard somewhere, right? <laughs> All right, hold on. I'm going to give you this one. Dumb, dumber, <laughs> dumbest. Dude, it's the Jimmys and the freaking Joes, man. It's the recruiting. Like, you need See, the players. The, the reason I don't like that as an answer is because you're then just like, Saying it doesn't matter that Rick Neuheisel doesn't know how to coach football. <laughs> it does Because, so the thing is, Rick Neuheisel, this is the perfect example of why it's not Jimmy's and Joe's. Rick Neuheisel uh, recruited at like a top 10 level at UCLA for four straight years. Do you know what his record was at UCLA? He didn't have gloves, David. Like, you know, you got to throw the record books out the window. He didn't have gloves. I believe my dude was 21 and 29. Yeah. And that was not like peak Pac-12. That was but after. He, wasn't, he didn't recruit like, like I thought he'd recruit a lot better than he did. But I didn't realize he was top 10 every year. I didn't think that was the case. It was like, I think it was aggregate top 10-ish. Because there was one class, I think, that was like sixth. There was another one that was like ninth. And there were a couple one in the teens. But it was, I mean, in aggregate, that was UCLA recruiting at like top nine, top 10 over those four years. Um, which is crazy because UCLA was really bad. They shouldn't have been able to recruit that well, but they did. Um, but it didn't show up on the field. You've got yeah. to marry it to some level of coaching acumen. Um, and, you know, I think Jim Mora was a better example of kind of balancing it right because it wasn't like pure. Um, he wasn't like, um, you know, going Jeff Tedford on anybody, but it wasn't like he didn't know how to coach like Rick Neuheisel. Um, so... I don't know, man. I think you could go either way on it. It kind of depends on the situation, but I'm still going to lean on. You probably need, and even USC is proving this to an extent, because Clay Helton until last year was recruiting pretty well, right? Yeah. But what does USC have to show for it in the Clay Helton era? A Rose Bowl? Yeah, that's. I mean, they have one championship and a Rose Bowl. Yeah. Well, I mean, look back through the last decade of USC football. You've got Sark, you've got Kiffin, you've got Clay Helton all of whom recruited pretty well. Um, and what do you have to show for any of it? Yeah, I mean, I think we even saw this with the Pete Carroll era. So, like, when the new Heisel stuff was going on, um, I mean, USC was bringing in, like, number one, number two classes. I, I feel like Pete Carroll had really good coaches early on and then sort of started to create his own coaching tree and just um, promoted a lot of, like, graduate assistants to become, you know, instead of going out, like, Nick Saban does an amazing job of, oh, I lost a great defensive coordinator. I'm going to go hire the best one out there. Not like, here's my, you know, this here's guy my I've nephew. had. A, here's yeah, my son. And I'm going to like uh, promote him. Here's my nephew's son. Yeah. And, and I think that a, was There's some, a word for hiring like that. It was you know a nepotistic attitude. Yeah. Carroll. And it wasn't necessarily, I don't think it was necessarily like your, it was, I don't know if it was nepotism. There was some of it. I mean, he had a son on, on staff, but a lot of people do that. But it really yeah, was a lot more of about. People, a lot of people engage in nepotism. That is correct. That is true. But there was there was other things where it was like like Rocky Seto wasn't uh, a relative, but he was like, you know, yeah, it was a, ego stroking at that point. It was it ego was... stroking. Like, I'm going to create a great coach, not I'm going to go hire one. But they were still going to Rose Bowls and stuff with uh, talent, like even though their coaching staff went significantly down, they had so much talent. They would still they'd go like 11 and one and like beat Penn State in the Rose Bowl and USC fans would be upset, you know, Um the talent kind of still won out because they had so much of it. You know, if you know what I mean? 
Yeah, but it's all talent relative to expectations, right? Um, because if you have that much talent, yeah, you're going to win some Rose Bowls, but you're also going to have some really, really, really disappointing losses. Um, and there's going to be like years where it's just like WTF, um, where things just go catastrophically wrong, where your coach gets fired on the tarmac of LAX. Um, or should have been like Helton um, last year or the year before. Um, so there's these things. I think any school to be truly great to get to a, like a national championship level team, you more or less require an elite coach. There can be one-offs and situations where it, um, you know, you get it right and, you know, just things magically happen. But you more or less need an elite coach. Um, and even that's even true for USC. Certainly true for UCLA. Um, yeah. So I, I do like there's I mean, you have to obviously have a mix, too. But like Utah does a pretty good job of getting decent talent in. But their development is awesome. Right. I mean, they've developed a lot of three star dudes into like second round draft. Picks so further proof, like further proof that it's about the X's and O's. Well, I, it depends where you are too. USC wouldn't work like. Like, I don't think Kyle Whittingham bringing in three-star guys and, and develop them at USC. The, the, the DNA of USC is bring in the best talent you can get. But what and would then, Kyle Whittingham so, do with five-star talent? We, we see that that's not necessarily – it's not a plug-and-play. Like, what is Chip Kelly doing? Like you said, he's recruiting like he's in Montana, not in L.A. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess I guess the point is – you. so UCLA and USC – even when okay, so even when Carl Durrell was at UCLA and he was like 41 years old and like was the Denver Broncos wide receivers coach and had the personality of like a turnip, right? <laughs> UCLA was still recruiting at like a top 20, top 25 level because yeah. it's in LA. It's, LA. it's yeah. easy. It's it's easy. You're just like, hey, we're the local school that's not USC. You can go to USC or you can go here. And even if it's just everyone's second choice in LA, even if that's true. That still fills up USC with like 20 scholarships because they're always going to go five national or so. And then you've got the other like not top 20 guys in L.A., which is still a lot of really good players. Um, and that's, you know, the Durrell model. And that worked fine. That worked fine from a recruiting standpoint. Um, at certain schools, you can just recruit at a level um, constantly. But to get you over the top, you actually need to have a really good coach. There's a reason Carl Durrell went like 35 and 27 at UCLA. Um, yeah. even recruiting at a decent enough level. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, you know what? I forgot to play this drop. Maybe I'll give myself this. Um, dumber, dumbest. Because this is like my favorite drop. I'll give me this one. They were herocious. Um, I was herocious. This is when we're going to you know, introduce the questions. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God. This is always death. That was great podcasting right there, Ryan. You got to what? play three drops in like 10 seconds. Boom, boom, boom. I love it. Yeah, I think people are just loving it. Uh, what do we got next, Bree? Oh, this is a short All one. Right. We got, what's your favorite city and why? Mm, this from who's, that, who's that? This Keon? is from Keon. Uh, short, is it such short questions? It's just, I guess there's two. What's your favorite city and why? Oh, yeah, that's two. Okay. Um, we said questions. I'm like. Well, I guess That's there's two questions. There. Those, that is, there's two question marks. It's two questions, but yes, looking like it was one. just you know. It looks like one question. When it's actually. five words, I wasn't assuming there's two yeah. questions. Uh, favorite city. It's kind of hard. I, I got. I, I, I so it's kind of a complicated, long answer, right? So my favorite city to visit is probably different from my favorite city to live in, mostly because if I lived in New Orleans, which is my favorite city to visit, I would be dead dead 
very soon. <laughs> Wait, we're not supposed. Remember, remember our review? No, 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 not not from killing myself, just from the the realities of living in New Orleans. Overindulgence. Okay, all right. Yeah, I got you. all right. No, see, come on. See now, if that's the level of sensitivity for um, killing yourself jokes, then come on. Yeah, we're in trouble. That we're we're be... operating at a tough level. Yes, we're doing our best, but uh, New Orleans is a cool city. It's cool. But I don't think it would be. Yeah, I went in '99, and uh, I haven't been back because it was like I'm still recovering. I think so. It was sort of like <laughs> it was like yeah. a Mardi Gras thing. I was I when I was there, and I was in my 20s. I'm like. I, I think I'll come back in 10 years and I still haven't been back, which I would, but it was a, it was a big party. It's funny. I've never been to New Orleans, but all my family's from New Orleans. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's great. City. Louisiana. Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. They're from uh, New Orleans. Um, are we taking, is it any city in the, the world or in the, are we looking at the United States? I mean, if you want to go all frou-frou, you can pick any city in the world. Yeah. Go for it. I don't, I mean, it's just so hard. Like it's not, I don't think I have a favorite. Like, oh, I love Bali. I mean, I do love Los Angeles, Southern California. I mean, I moved here from the East Coast for college, and I just love living here. I moved up to the Bay Area, didn't like it as much. Um, I want to live near the water. Answer. What an I'm absolute sorry. clown answer. But oh. I do love that. I love I'll, okay, I'll I give live. you a few. Uh, if I had to live like somewhere not near an ocean in the United States, I think I'd pick Austin. I like Austin a lot. Uh, I, you know... Going, going to school outside of Boston or whatever, you know, I, Boston's a cool one um, that I would do. International, like Sydney might get, Sydney was pretty awesome, but like Tokyo was freaking amazing. I don't know. Like there's so many, like it's hard to say like what's, what's your favorite, but is, if it's a cop out to say LA, I'm sorry, but that's, I'll say LA. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, yeah. And if I was going uh, for living, I don't know. Uh, Northern California near the uh, ocean is nice. Um, like Monterey or something? Or? Yeah, something like that. Um, I know, it's just too cold. It's like it's a beach, but it's sort of like you got to wear gloves. Like, I don't like that. Yeah, but I know? don't like the beach. I don't want to walk around sand. Who wants to walk around on sand? I feel that too. I don't really like the sand either. No, it's a bad well, texture. It's not I'm left alone that. here with the sand. It's yeah, not. no, it's gross. Um, and then if not, like Portland. Portland, Oregon's nice. I like it. There's a lot of breweries. There, there was. Are they still there? I don't know what's going up there. You've been, man. you have been reading too much of your right wing news. You just, have, you simply have, Ryan, and um, it's unfortunate. So everything's for you. fine up there. I there don't is know. Like, there is like know. one block of that city where everything is happening, and the rest of the city is its usual idyllic self with okay. like food trucks, all that stuff, and it's just this one block right by their courthouse where everything's happening. Okay. But if I you read, if you read your, if you read your. If you're reading nothing but your Daily Wire every day, Ryan, then all you're seeing is fire and people fighting and blood and riots and the whole thing. And it's like 200 people in a one block radius. All right. Well, I, we one don't area. get too political on here, but I don't read any of that stuff anyway. I just usually get stuff from Twitter and I don't follow any like right wing. Well, if, if the only ones you're things. following are the editors of the Daily Wire, then that's. No, I don't follow those people. It's usually like when the sports stuff trickles over and. From uh, your boy Clay Travis. No, he does. He gets into that a little bit. Yeah, you're, you're. Have you been talking to your friend Clay Travis much lately, or what's the deal? He's. I mean, he brokered a deal with between the president of the United States and the commissioner of the Big Ten. Like he's a big deal now, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Um, apparently. All right, Bree. What's your favorite city? Uh, that's a hard question. I've been to a lot of different cities. 
Oh, I've been to a lot of different cities, but um, I like Orlando. I like Orlando. Oh, wow, that's a bold one. Where the bubble is. Yeah. That's where the humidity is. I've been a couple is. of times. It is. There's a lot of humidity. But I love Los Angeles. So, like, what can ah, I say? See? I don't know. I think Los Angeles to live in for sure. Orlando to visit. I had a lot of good memories from, like, Disney World to, like, like going on cruise ships and everything. Like, I don't know. I just, like, all that. So. Have you traveled anyplace cool for a track? Uh, no. Baltimore. Ooh. North Carolina, no. Mm-hmm. No, no. Beautiful places. Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, Baltimore. Maryland. Be more. Uh, nice. All right. Well, hopefully, thanks, Keon, for that one. Yes. Uh, man, why did she get the short ones? I would have read that one. That would have been fine. <laughs> I could have handled that. That's so funny. I guess Um, the next question. Hey, guys, your bearded friend back again. Based on recent episodes, it sounds like it's time to switch the topic a bit from presidents and generals. From presidents and generals. I started thinking the other day. I wonder what it would be like to have a football team full of Avengers. So I will ask you. Hopefully this hasn't already been asked. If you could fill a football team with an Avenger, i.e. 11 Hulks on one team, which Avenger would you pick for your team and why? Additionally, once you have picked your teams, which team would win in a game? Ryan or Dave's team? Question mark. Thanks for keeping 2020 somewhat bearable. Keep wearing your mask and go Ducks. Trevor from Salt Lake City. Wow. I'm not, I mean, I probably would pick his Hulk guy because I think the Hulk could be an offensive lineman. He could be a defensive lineman. Clearly somebody somebody didn't see Thor Ragnarok. Where? I haven't seen any of these. I don't think you should pick the Hulk. Yeah. His agility is down. He's just big. He can jump like over buildings and stuff. Yeah, but like where is that going to take us? To the end zone. Now. That's now. Can can the Hulk fly? Now. Can the Hulk fly? He can temporarily fly. It's not Quidditch. It's football. He he can jump really high, but he he can't He can jump very high. But he's very dumb. Like he'd make those stupid decisions that's just uh, like. No, you, you, you got to pick somebody who can fly. Now, obviously, they're gonna Not eliminate. Thor. Well, that's the thing. It's got to be. It's got to be Thor. You can't. He's a god. He's a literal it would god. Have to be, if you could pick multiple people on a team, it would have to be um, Hawkeye. Are you kidding? Yes, no Hawkeye because he has a really good. No, his he, accuracy is very well. But so he wants eleven of the same. Oh, he wants eleven of the same. Yeah, eleven of the same. Oh, then Black Panther. His agility. Oh. He's quick. I mean, he. he I mean, can he, he fly? No, he can't. Okay, he can be a little vulnerable, but it's okay. But Thor? Yeah. Thor, okay, so Thor can fly. He can swing that little hammer thing, and then he flies, right? Yeah, but you can't bring a weapon onto the the gridiron. Okay, well, he's got the power of lightning. He could lightning bolt people. Is that with the hammer or without it? He can do that without without the the hammer now. But our power is still available during this time. Well, that's the thing. If powers aren't available, then you're talking about not the Hulk, but you're talking about Bruce Banner. Who's like yeah, a, right. a shrimpy little scientist guy? No, yeah, no, right. powers are okay, but like you can't. I don't think you bring in weapons. Like I don't think like Wonder Woman couldn't bring in her visible jet or whatever. Yeah, you're mixing. Like, you're mixing. Look, so you're mixing would, DC and Marvel right now. I don't right? Know. Dude, oh, okay. I, this is not my Captain thing. America. Yeah, See, Captain if America can't use is probably pretty good. He's pretty good. Though. No, he can't yeah, use shield, but he's he strong has, and he's fast. He's strong, and he's fast, and he can yeah. jump. He has basically everything. He's the ultimate athlete. He's like a weaker Hulk. Like why would you just take the Hulk? No, because the Hulk is dumb. The Bruce Hulk Banner is, is not dumb, but the Hulk is dumb. Oh, he will make yeah. dumb decisions throughout okay. the whole entire game. I, I still think it's Thor. Because, um, again, you're talking about an actual god, right? Norse god. Like, we're still on board with that. He's got yeah. the power yeah. of lightning. Like, he That's can true. lightning people. He's super strong. He already uh-huh. beat the Hulk in uh, Thor Ragnarok, if we all remember that film. He did. Se- he did. Seminal movie. 
He very much so did. In football, or did he beat him in like? No, fighting? he beat in him an in arena. Fighting. In an arena in front of a crowd. Yeah, okay. the Hulk was beating him by a lot at first, and then at the end, he beat him at the. Ah, oh, all right. Yeah. I don't so, understand why he has to be one person though. Like, why can't well, you? Well, it's a lot easier. Members? It's a lot easier to answer. Um, because they asked us this, I want to say a couple weeks ago, and we just uh, punted on the question because it was all like, "How would you make a team out of eleven Avengers?" And we're like, I, "We can't remember their names, so we can't do this." Oh, I can't. Okay, That's so let's enough. let's do this then, since you guys know that. Now, I would think if you want a rush edge guy, like the Hulk would be pretty damn good. Like you're just like he doesn't have to think a lot. Just like he, go get the. He's your defensive That's true. tackle. No, you're right. You're right. I think you're he's right. your defensive tackle. He or a defensive a tackle. Okay. Okay. Who would be the quarterback? So Hawkeye. Hawkeye. His accuracy is like, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. So Hawkeye's the, uh, who would be like a star wide receiver? Like a Black Panther. Spider-Man? Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Oh, Spider-Man. You're Spider- right. Oh, he's. Oh. Well, then Black Panther could be cornerback. I think Black Panther is either cornerback. He could be a running back. I think he's got the agility. He could be a receiver too. I think he's, he's just anywhere really in the agility. Agile. He could, you know do, what yeah. I mean? like he's very he could be like the Adore Jackson of the team. Yeah. Do all he could stuff. be. You're right. Um, all right, well, who would be a great running back? Someone you guys haven't named. I don't know Avenger people, so I'm not sure what's... Who would be a great... Well, now they have new Avengers, too, so you have to add those people. And you have Ant-Man, too. Oh, you got Ant-Man. You got Ant-Man. Ant-Man. I think Ant-Man, Ant-Man is kind of useless. Lineman. Giant-Man's an offensive lineman. You think so? Yeah, because he can just Because if he's not giant, he's useless. When he's regular, he really can't do much. But when he's small, he can pick people up. He can up do a lot. Throw. Yeah, he can when he's small. That is weird. You know what? Small Ant-Man is your running back. You're right. Small Ant-Man. So he's small really hard Ant-Man. to tackle. Yeah. He'd be very, and when he's big, he's really hard to tackle, too, because he's bigger than the Hulk. Yeah. Slow, though. He is very slow. You're right. Can he carry the football when he's small? Hmm. No, but That's he a great has, question. He could shrink he the football. He has the strength, though. He oh, has so the strength if, of, like, ants. So yeah, he gets the handoff and then shrinks, and the football shrinks with him? Yeah, no, he yeah. can shrink the football but with would him. would that be unfair? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we're looking for fairness, but. Yeah. That's true. You're right. Uh, good stuff, Trevor. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good question. Um, cool. I like that one. All right. Okay. The next one is. I don't even know how to say that. Oh, then you've gotten to hit for today's email. Yeah. Catalipsy? 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 Yeah, I think it's Catalipsy. You want to Google that, David? You want me to? I'm I'm trying to. I've got nothing. Meaning. Catalipsy meaning. So Hitler Day always gives us a subject. It's a given name. Oh. Last week was like a French. I think it was. Was it French? Or it was Italian, I think, last week or something. Catalipsy is a nervous condition characterized by muscle rigidity and fixity of posture. But that's a different thing. Wait. Spelled differently. He usually spells yeah. those correctly. Okay. Um, well, this is a different thing. Catalipsy is a given name. Uh, so I got okay. nothing. It's Greek, maybe? Well. Uh, I see there's a YouTube video that has something. We can't, we can't spend too much time on Hitler Day. No. no. Yeah. Okay. His question is, which of the USC losses in Atu's... Otten. Otten Stadium. My bad. Was, my, was more significant to the history of the conference and the... Trajectories of the two programs, 2007 or 2009. So I have to remember what happened in 2007 or 2009. Um, 2007 would have been Dennis Dixon beating the hell out of USC, but then he tore his ACL soon thereafter. Yeah. Uh, 2009 would have been Jeremiah Masoli doing the same and then kind of kicking off that um, crazy run under Chip Kelly. 
I think and kind of murdered the Pete Carroll era, if I remember correctly. I think 2009 would be. Um, 2007, it would just be along with some other. Like I think they won the Rose Bowl that year anyway. USC 2007, like was that Illinois or something they beat? But I feel like 2009. I mean that yeah, you kind of murdered the the, the end of the Pete Carroll era. Uh, you know they had lost to Stanford badly. Um, you know, things were unraveling and that was his last year. And with Chip Kelly sort of taking off at that point, yeah, I would think probably 2009 would be more significant. I would have to go back and look, but just off the top of my head, I have to say 2009. It was a murdering too. It was 47 to 20. Um, 2007 was much closer. It was 24, 17. Yeah. And it was like, so Oregon, in 2007, what did Oregon do? They they were, they were really f- good, and they were in line to be a potential BCS contender up until Dennis Dixon blew out his knee. Yeah, um, and then what did they? What was the bowl game that year? That was that was Chip Kelly's first year. So I think it was significant because. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. That was no Mike. 2007 Bilotti. was his first year as the offensive coordinator. Right, but it was still Bilotti. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think when you look at 2009, that year Oregon, um, they were the Pac-12 champions. Uh, they lost in the Rose Bowl, but you know it was the first year for Chip Kelly, so it was sort of like the rise of Chip and the fall of Pete. So I think that makes more sense than a you know a four-loss Oregon team that, um, you know at the end of Bilotti's career. So it was good. That it was, it was getting Chip Kelly, you know, grooming him for that. But, you know, really they made that run right after that. So I would say, and you know, USC has never been the same. Um, so I would say 2009. Yeah. But if Dennis Dixon hadn't blown out his knee, it would have been 2007. Cause then they would have been, they would have won. They would have won out. Um, cause it was Arizona, UCLA and Morgan state. None of which were very good that year. Um, they would have won out gone 11 and one and probably been the BCS. Yeah. That was three losses in a row. Right. So they had yeah, their only loss was to Cal. And that was a really, really good Cal team. Uh, yeah. Cal was number six. Um, they beat USC was top 10 at the time and they beat them, uh, at Autzen. And then they had college game day, uh, on campus for the second time that year for Arizona state, who was number six. So it was a top, you know, number four versus number six. They win that game. And then that's when Dixon got hurt, right? Uh, yep. They lost to Arizona. They lost to UCLA at the Rose Bowl. They got shut out by UCLA at the Rose Bowl. And that was the that was the UCLA team that got Carl Durrell fired. And uh, <laughs> Oregon got shut out because Dennis Dixon was completely the engine of that team. Yeah. And then they lost the, the Civil War um, in double OT. So, yeah, I would say. Wait, isn't that one the Territorial Cup? No, that's the, uh, is that it? No, that's, that's the Emerald Bowl or something. No, what is, I think it's the battle for the victory bell. Yes. I think. Yeah. True. Uh, that's an inside joke, Bree. Sorry. Um, it's not a very good one either. Yeah. No, that was in that year, USC did win the Rose Bowl. They beat Illinois and they had lost to Stanford. Oh, that was, um, was that oh, the, uh, Pritchard? Tavita Pritchard one was that that yeah, year? Yeah, that was that was the that was the bad one. Okay, and then right. uh, and you know they you know 
top 10 Oregon team they lost on the road. But, you know, they won the rest of their games. It wasn't like, you know, they won the Rose Bowl. It was like, okay, uh, fine. You know, you win the, you know, you, the, they were co-champions of the Pac-12 and they won the Rose Bowl. So I would say 2009 changed the trajectory of USC a lot more and Oregon a lot more. So All right. We answered that one at length. It was short and we answered it long. These are like, we did not plan this. Like last week, the questions were really long and I had sent Bree the questions ahead of time because I'm like, yeah, you probably should go through these long. because like these were insane. They were like paragraphs. This week is like, I don't know if they knew or maybe they're just like giving us a break, but these are way easier. Well, so. the next one is kind of long. It, oh, um, there you go. Oh, this is not One long, is a but... statement. No, wait, which one is it? The Hobbits versus Ewoks continued, right? Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. We, we started that last week. This is a college football podcast, Brie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though. I love the, the little banter. <laughs> okay, so it says, on last week's episode, Casey from Tacoma asked you guys a question about Hobbits versus Ewoks. Dave came out the gate swinging for Ewoks, and I generally un- can understand why. They knocked on multiple ATST chicken walkers, while the single shining combat achievement for a Hobbit is wounding the Lord of Nazgul. Which is a small, which is no small feat, but it was also kind of a cheap shot. That said, Dave also claimed that the hobbits didn't work well together, and that there were there was never a hobbit army. You may already know where I'm going with this, but let me refer you to one of the most forgotten parts of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the end of the Return of the King and the Battle of Bywater. A scene so random and wompy wompy that they cut it from the movie entirely. But whether or not the scene is in the book, in the book was necessarily beyond wrapping up serum and. Warm Tongue's plot lines. And besides the point, hundreds of hobbits organize attacks from rooms, men, and one. Let's give credit when credit is due. After all, a lot of good hobbits lost their lives that day. On to something less obnoxious and potentially more fun. Here's my question for you two. If you could live in any fantasy slash sci-fi universe, which one would it be? I'll give you some examples, but please feel free to pick from your own and follow your hearts. Star Wars, Middle of the Earth, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, Narnia. You get the idea. Thanks and go dogs. Rob, formerly north of the wall in Minute. Minneapolis, back now in Seattle. Thank God. What was the bad guy? Was it Saruman? Or what, what, what? Saruman was the... Okay, so there was uh, Gandalf the Grey, who was a wizard. Yes. And then there was Saruman the White, who was another wizard, who was, like, over Gandalf the Grey. And he was the one who was in cahoots with Sauron, who was the Dark Lord in uh, Mordor. Okay. Mm, I just so love to give you the full the full rundown. Yes. Geek out on us there. I feel so left out. I never watched Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> but I love yeah. everything sci-fi, fantasy universe. But I never watched that one. So we it's read the. It. Yeah, it's worth it. I think I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, they're, watch they're good. Potter I mean, they're either. long, but they're good. I've never seen yeah, Harry it's, Potter it's either like, though. What? Too, but did What's... you read the Harry Potter books and stuff? I think I read a part of the first one and then I stopped. But it wasn't because I didn't like it. I think it was because I was too young when they first came out. So okay. it's kind of like not too young, but like. I was more into like Avengers and Star Wars. So then yeah. like, Harry Potter came out. I was like, ugh, I don't know. Well, what are your, uh, see, I think for this question, I wouldn't pick like Game of Thrones or Middle Earth. Like, no, Game of Thrones seems too. Um, Game of Thrones has a lot going on. Yeah, well, it seems like too likely to die, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like, I don't want to die. Right. It just seems like you could die yeah. at any point. Co- like, That's you what know. I was thinking. Game of Thrones is very uncertain. Yeah, no, Middle they, Earth, you know. Star Wars, sister. frankly, Star Wars, your likelihood of dying is also Die pretty too. good. They're they're, exactly. they're straight up blowing up planets a lot. I was thinking like, the same thing. I don't want I that. I like the technology aspect. I want the like. I want to be able to fly around. I want to do Which cool, is cool shit. 
Yeah, I don't want to like, hey, around if you're a wizard. The amount of... I don't want to like, hey, you want to travel like 300 miles. This is going to be a journey that could end your life. Where in Star Wars, you can go to different planets. You can and go light speed. You know, yeah, you're right. But then the amount of like, I don't know, the um, backstabbing and all that crazy stuff going on in Star Wars, I don't. But that's no. the thing. If I'm going to pick like a space universe to be in, I want to be in Star Trek, right? They've already made it to you. Okay, yeah, that's true. Oh, okay. That's true. I like, like that. Star Wars, they're still like doing some stuff, and it was a long time ago. Star what Wars happened to that universe? Did they blow up? Because <laughs> a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, well, we have not seen any sign of them. So they blew up. You're right. There's some doom in their future that I don't want to be a part of. Wait, but in the new Star Wars, is it still a galaxy far, far away? With it's still in that it's still in that timeline yeah so i'm thinking oh. it's still a long time ago in a galaxy far far away i would think oh, wow. i'm not so, a big fan of the hair like living in the harry potter world too there's just too much uncertainty your likelihood like, of dying your likelihood of dying is much lower yeah but mm, there's like right. there's always like there's like a problem in this book or this movie is like takes forever to solve and then you somehow there's some you're spell like, a muggle anyway yeah <laughs> You would just be living your life. You'd have an engineering degree from USC. It's just living here. But, like, there's some wizards. So, wait, wait I'm, I'm a muggle in the Harry Potter yeah, world? Yeah, you're I a muggle. Want to be, yeah, a muggle. I definitely don't want to be that. You don't want to be a have-not. Like, I don't know what any of those are. Ugh. So, muggles are, like, the regular people. And then there's, like, magicless the folk. wizardly. Yeah, they don't have magic. So, the wizard people. You'd be a muggle? Well, that's, that's what Dave is saying. I don't want. I wouldn't want to I, be a I'm muggle. I'm just saying. That sucks. You're, you're, a, you're, a, you're an engineer. You wouldn't See, be a wizard. <laughs> I was going to say we could live in the Avengers like world, but that has too much stuff going on, too. You could die just from walking down the street. Yeah, no, I don't want to die. Like, the I don't amount die of, like, stuff. they literally got in trouble for Civil War for blowing up too much stuff. Like, yeah, basically no, harming exactly. too many people. So, I think so, I got to go Middle Earth. Um, like, Earth. sure, your likelihood of dying is somewhat there, but, like, everyone lives a really long time. That's right? the Hobbit, the Lord oh, of the, the Rings stuff. Okay. Yeah, like okay. Hobbits live like a hundred plus years. Like mm. Bilbo's, is Bil okay. Bilbo's still shaking around at like one twenty nine. He's chilling. Uh, yeah. Gandalf is like thousands of years old. Um, you know, dwarves live a long time. Elves live a long time. Uh, yeah, there's some like unspeakable evil off in the southeast, but for the most part, it's pretty chill. Like you can go live your like little Hobbit life, and frankly, we'd That's all be true. Hobbits. Oh. I was going to ask, have you guys seen the movie um, Ready Player One? I have no. not. No. Oh, never mind then. Okay, well, they have a, their own, like, it's the world, but everything's kind of destroyed, but they live in a game universe. So basically, you don't even, like, go outside, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. oh. you just, like, have, um, what is the new game technology that they have? It's called... Um, like the virtual reality yeah, stuff? Yeah, it's basically completely virtual reality, so you oh. live in the game. So I think I'd rather live there, so you don't die. You yeah, don't no, die in I, real life, you just have, you can look and be whoever you want. Yeah, life being a video game. Now we're talking. Yeah, Tron. About, yeah, it's like Tron. Tron. Basically, it's kind of <laughs> like a Tron, but like you get to just like do anything. So if you want to do the little corny games where you just go to the store and buy stuff and be a little store man, you can do that. Or you can have like a whole zombie apocalypse, but you never die. Oh. You definitely wouldn't do a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> but no. some people like that side. Like again, <laughs> likelihood of death extremely high. Um, no, yeah, I just want right. to uh, briefly about Narnia. Um, there is a big upshot there. Which is if you arrive there as a human oh, no. being, you're more or less going to be a king or a queen. Oh. Oh, you're right. That's good. So like, way and you better get, than you get there through like a closet. You like just dive in through a wardrobe and you're there. That's true. It's pretty chill. Like as transport method. Kind That's of boring, the though. lion, the witch, and the wardrobe one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but what about whole, the what about the matrix? Um, what about the matrix where you could control like the, the world around you? You're like, you're no. like, 
No. Dude, again, dystopian. We don't want that. Matrix? I know, exactly. Then you but if you could out... go in and out, then maybe if you don't have those Mm-mm. things coming to try to kill you all the time, that would probably be bad. Yeah. And that sucks. But like, yes. if you could just go, I want guns, lots of guns, and you come out wearing like cool shades and leather, and you just have like Uzis yeah. and stuff out of your coat, and you just go out and do or whatever you want. just right wing fantasy from you, Ryan. I just, I just <laughs> rather Ready Player One. It's just more safe. Everybody's the same. You just play a game. Nice. You can't die in the game. You can't die in real life. So we're good. Sure. All right. Are we kind of wusses? We're all worried about dying yes. all the time instead of just enjoying <laughs> Dude, life. That's just the angle I took. And you I'm going Star Wars, man. Stuff. I want to just like I want to make the Kessel Run. You I want to do Star all that Wars. stuff, you know. No, I can't. But you don't get anything special from being in Star Wars because, like, come on, let's be real. You're not a wizard, and you wouldn't be adept in the Force, right? So, so you'd just be oh, you. Be a, you'd be a worker. I'd be a Jedi, bro. Yeah. No, you'd just I'd be, be like some technician, like fixing yeah, somebody else's X-wing. You really would. Metachlorides or whatever the hell those are, I'd be all over. Or you'd be an alien looking. Yeah, I just, I'd just be injecting that shit in my blood. Yeah. Oh, I'd have midichlorians all over me. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. That's funny. Okay, question from Tarion in Las Vegas. Hi, guys. Kevin Warner is getting crucified regarding to the Big Ten canceling their fall season. But the university presidents are the ones that made the decision. And I don't see in the media where the presidents are being held responsible instead of laying it all on Warren. Keep up the good work, guys. Tyr- Tyrion. 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 No Tyr- question there. None. No, no there question. I was but I respected it. But I respected it. <laughs> So, Taryn, why are we going back to football? Like, we were already over football. I know. We were all, like, getting excited. We had a great... <laughs> now we got to talk about a fake season that's not happening again. Yeah, I think you brought up this point already, though, right, David? That this was not about... Yeah, Kevin Warren is... You feel bad for him. Could he have communicated better? Bad. Could he have done a better job Way of getting better. the position like, of the Big Ten? Yes. He gets an F. He gets an F, but, but I, don't, he... I think he's getting too much of the blame, yeah. too. When he's getting ripped by, again, guys like your boy, Clay Travis... <laughs> um, when I think he makes a very um, easy scapegoat for a lot of people to like project their anger about the decision onto, but it was a decision made by university presidents at those 11 big 10 schools, as well as all those PAC 12 schools, as well as the schools of all of the other universities of all of the other divisions that have decided not to play this year. So it's not on Warren. No, uh, but the, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure. I'm. If, this is going to be a great soap opera going forward. What happens? What happens with the game tomorrow night? Then once you get, like you, you know, Dave mentioned, was it September 12th? You start seeing some of the, was it ACC and Big 12 games? I think are getting yep. started. Uh, the SEC doesn't. You know, they're waiting until the end of the month. Um, but man, and you know, plus you program like Notre Dame that. Normally, it wouldn't be going along with something like this, but they're in the ACC now for this year, and and they're doing it. it. Does it all get shut down? You don't want to see that happen. If it gets shut down, probably something really bad happened, and we don't want to see that. But does it go on? And what are the you know what are we going to see from players in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 as they watch these games uh, unfold? I mean, I you know the playoff selection committee going on, the All-American teams, all those things, if they're happening. It's just going to be – it's got to be excruciating for these athletes that just aren't going to get a chance to play. So this is, you know, the worst year ever, right? But, like, it's going to be really interesting as far as how this all plays out unless things just get shut down and, and everything – you know, everyone just waits. But at this point, it's not looking like it's shutting down. I, I think they're going to play. I mean, I don't see how it's not going to happen at this point without something really horrible uh, going down, which I, I don't think it will. You know, maybe you have to say, okay, no fans in the stands or whatever, which they should have done anyway. Um, but I think they can mitigate some of this risk and just and go forward and play it. Even if 
some guys get, you know, they test positive. They're probably going to be fine. And, you know, maybe they play when they shouldn't. And some guys that should have been quarantined don't. They cut some corners. Who knows? But I feel like they're going to figure out a way, Dave, to to go forward and play. Unless, like I said, something really horrible happens. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> He's, so for the nope. so brief, you haven't, like, from the very beginning, Dave's like, no way there's going to be a season. And I, and I was like, I think there will. And then I sort of like, he came on my side and I went on his side and we so just sort of went back and, back and forth. And, forth. Uh, and I really felt even a couple weeks ago, like once the Pac-12 and Big Ten canceled that everyone would cancel. Yeah. But as it's gone on, there are, they are not good at like the ACs. I mean, everyone else is yeah, going forward. Exactly. Which is kind of crazy. So, but Dave's still in the impression that this is going to change and it probably would be better for college football if everyone was just like, you know what? Without something horrible happening, they go, let's just back off. Uh, I just don't see that happening. So, I mean, Dave, could you see this being shut down? Is it going to be one conference at a time? Is it going to be because of a big incident? Like, how do you see this stopping? Because the momentum is not towards stopping right now. I think the momentum is um, a false narrative. Um, I think there's still some very real concerns that the SEC schools are going to have about playing. Um, and I'm not talking about the athletic departments. I'm not talking about the coaches. I'm talking about the presidents of the university. They're not the ones floating any of this information about whatever. Um, the athletic departments are in charge of holding practices, and the SEC presidents and the ACC presidents and so on and so forth haven't decided to put a stop to that yet. But I think there's still going to be very real conversations from those university presidents, especially of the better academic institutions in those leagues, about whether this is a good and viable solution for the season. Um, and those are still ongoing, and I would imagine those final decisions haven't been made yet. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, it's must must see TV. I mean, I've really enjoyed. I'm not a huge like NBA guy. I like the playoffs and stuff, but I'm watching the hell out of these playoffs. I'm watching more golf. I've even watched some baseball, which I don't normally watch. Dave and I both talked about this before. We both grew up liking baseball a lot, but just don't as much anymore. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm stoked for the and like the NFL, like my fantasy draft. I got two of them coming up. I wasn't even thinking about fantasy football. I'm like, that's not happening. And then it became real, and I got like the, you know, I started looking at the the rankings, and and I was like this is really happening like that. I guess that was sort of like a seminal moment for me where I'm just like, I'm going to make draft picks in my fantasy league for the NFL. Like it's that sort of made it more real for me, Dave. Yeah, totally. But I don't know. This is all, it's such a weird year. It is. Um, but you know, I feel bad for you, for you, Bree losing a year of your, you know, at least I got sport. to run some of it. We it, ran, I ran five meets, I believe. Okay. Door. Yeah. So I ran some of it, and it was fun. But they didn't give you guys the an extra year, right? Like, no, they have. Oh, they did give they you an extra year too. Extra year. Yeah, and the seniors they get to stay too. Okay, so like the fall athletes got it, and so but they did it for the spring also. Yeah. Okay. Well, except basketball. Basketball did not. All right. Yeah, because too. basketball they played all the way up to I think their Pac-12. Conference. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you guys just kind of got started. We just had gotten started. We haven't gotten to the real season. So. Okay. Well, hopefully you guys get to. to I think so. To play this year. To, I think. Because track is really, honestly, not even a contact sport at all. Even with the relays, it's not really contact at all. So they can just spread us out or just let us run and keep it pushing. Yeah, I mean, could you, like, would it be, like, golfers right now, they're competing same way, same course, but just they don't have fans. Yeah. It would be a little different. Like, what if they had to do, instead of, like, eight people running a 
what is it, a heat or whatever. In a like, heat, yeah. If they had to have only three, like, you know, yeah. one in the middle, like, would that be weird, like, not running against someone, like, having someone, someone pushing you next to you where you're just running, like, for a time, yeah. basically by yourself? Well, it would be basically, like, indoors, because indoors we only run four people in every heat, but it's so spaced out. Like, even though there's somebody next to you, the amount of space in between you and the next person, meaning the staggering, it's so much that for, like, the first 200 meters, you feel like you're running by yourself. I'm running completely blind. You can only see yourself. Okay. And track, technically, you're supposed to be running against yourself anyways. You're always running against a time, not really a competitor until you get to, like, the But there's got to be something when there's somebody next to you. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. Pushing, it know. pushes you. But, yeah, it would be, yeah, different, I guess. Yeah. It's all different. It is. All right. Well, we appreciate, like, hold on. We need, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, and, uh. And this was the easiest week of questions, so maybe that worked out well. We kind of <laughs> ease her into this, so she, she'll maybe come back. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I loved good. it. This was so much fun. How do they follow you on, like, the Twitters and stuff or whatever? Or do you, um, are you a big social media person or not really? I mean, I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it. I just look at other people's stuff. Oh, okay. But, like, yeah, I use Instagram, but, I mean, who wants to really follow that? Okay. Well, yeah. you know. It's all just Twitter is at Queen Brianna, and Instagram is Brie underscore Michelle. Brie underscore Michelle. Okay. Well, you can check her out if you want to do that. And, you know, hopefully you guys get the season going. We want to see some college football uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night. We will be able to get a little bit. Oh, is it South Alabama? Are they playing? I forget who they're playing, but. Um, That's the second time you've asked me on the show, and I have no idea. You still don't know. <laughs> you could have Googled it in that time. Uh, if we only had an intern that could Google things as we were talking. Oh. But that's, 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 oh, the shade being thrown kidding. from across the room. I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. Well, let's um, wrap things up. Uh, so for Bree, thanks for her coming in. David Woods, I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much to all of you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.